your talk show for all things automotive. From the latest news to the greatest views and the biggest names in rolling iron. Your host is Brett Hatfield, freelance auto journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine and American Car Collector Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com and owner of his own small but growing fleet of cool cars. Get behind the wheel of an hour of car talk starting right now. Thanks for listening to Driven Radio, your home for the very best in automotive content and interviews. Very best. Very best. Bestest. Absolutely. Most, most gooderest. The best aloneest. <laughs> this is the most gooderest car talk you ever done heard. That's more gooder. <laughs> <laughs> We're the bestest. We'll go with best. Uh, yeah, look, best is good. I was kind of liking more gooder. <laughs> more gooder. <laughs> uh, you can find us online at readthedriven.com uh, on iTunes, ACAST, Stitcher, Google, uh, you down the street hanging out in front of the 7 Eleven. If you uh, listen to podcasts, we're there. Yeah. yeah no matter it. where you listen to them, you can find us. Uh, please follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Driven Radio Show, on Instagram at Driven Radio Show, and also at Read the Driven. I'm your host, Brett Hatfield. I'm here with my cold and uh, co host, Mark <laughs> Markel Groves. And you're and, talking about your cold, or and, am I the cold one? And <laughs> you're not You're not far off. No, uh, it's. <laughs> I, I have an extra thing thing living in my head right now also craving cars very own Corey pratt we are coming to you from driven radio studios now we've got really odd news or at least the first story is uh yeah uh courtesy of toyota um (laughs) just i can't even believe it's so strange uh it came out at ces that toyota toyota is going to build a uh a creepy private city of its own. Toyota Town. Yeah. Of robots and autonomous I, I, don't, I don't even want to talk about the this. The Stepford cars. So, so I just got one real question, though, beyond all this. Uh, Toyota, they do know about the, the movie franchise Terminator, right? Mm, <laughs> yeah. well, uh, it didn't go very well in that movie, is what I'm saying. Yeah, and Not uh, in that, not in Stepford Wives, not in a Once no. World how and about ni- Future World. How about 1984? I mean, yeah. 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 <laughs> so well, let's we'll get into that. Let's talk about Orwell Town here. <laughs> let's do it. All right, Toyota's building a creepy cry, uh, private town. It's the biggest automaker in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they are. Uh, they they started out as a manufacturer of looms. Did what? you know that? No. Uh, Someone's got a Toyota's, uh, and I believe it was with a D back at the time, Toyota. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they made looms and mechanical looms for weaving. And now, you know, they they make great cars. Wife drives a, uh, a RAV4, and it's been hit twice. Uh, Olathe has tried its damnedest to kill it, and yet it's still rolling. <laughs> um, you can't kill them. They're kind of like the, the automotive equivalent of a cockroach. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but a really comfortable Dang cockroach near. with all-wheel drive, and I really like that. <laughs> But, uh, pardon me, now uh, at the 2020, like you mentioned, Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, Toyota announced it's building a prototype city it calls the Woven City. Woven. Woven. Is that to go back to the Weaving days? Woviota. I don't know. Uh, You know, I bet it is. Uh, I kind of like the Don LaFontaine you were whipping on Woven (laughs) City there a second ago. One city. (laughs) Um, It's going to be built to the base of Mount Fuji in Japan, and it's based on a clean sheet design. It's like, you know, from the get-go, from the bottom up. It's supposed to be really efficient, easy to get around. City's going to allow Toyota also to develop and test autonomous systems. 
So, Uh-oh. you know, you're going to have robotics, autonomous systems, smart home systems, artificial AI, artificial intelligence, future transportation systems, all of that in a real world environment. Now, people like us, we're not going to get to live there. It's going to be Toyota That's workers. Okay. We don't have yeah. enough circuitry in our in our blood. Well, that and I, I figure that they're probably going to have all kinds of contracts signed. So if you get smushed by your pizza delivery robot, yeah, I was, yeah. you know, <laughs> I was going to say I would consider living there if they could come up with a pizza delivery robot who wouldn't stick his thumb in my pie before he got it to my house. <laughs> I'm well, in. Maybe being a robot would be more sanitary. Here's though. your extra pepperoni. Oh, um, city will have designated streets for three types of vehicles, faster you vehicles. Know, oh, my God. You're that's, not gonna really, go. that's really going to screw up all the uh, all the porno movie uh, pizza delivery you know, guys. I was trying to skate right by it. I just was going to toss it out there and run away. But oh, no. Low hanging grab fruit, the, baby. Grab the flashlight. All right. The city's going to have designated streets for three types of vehicles. You'll have faster vehicles. Vehicles, mixed usage for lower speed personal mobility, you know, like like uh, uh, scooters and the little pods that you can get into, little things, and then pedestrians uh, and park like promenades for pedestrian usage. Oh, only. promenade, ah. promenade, or a wovenade, as oh, we're going to call it in Woven City. But, yeah. uh, but wait, there's more. more. Oh yeah, <laughs> Toyota's all electric e pallet concept car and micro pallet pallet pallet. Sure. Pallet. Let's call it a pallet. Yeah, sure. Uh, concept package delivery robot will be used to cart people around and deliver packages. Okay. So basically, Amazon's going to be watching this with like hawk eyes. I, I, uh, okay. I still like the idea of Amazon delivering packages with Via drones. Hovercraft, yeah. Uh, I, I, I got to go back to uh, hey, it's skeet shooting with prices. <laughs> the IQ or the LQ concept, it's a next generation EV, is planned to have level four self driving capability. Level okay. four. So, like DEFCON 4. What? This is better than Whatever. level two, even. This is just. I know. Level of, three and a half. That Cadillac even. had with their whole oh, thing. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, level two. <laughs> well, autonomous. What, what, did that, uh, what did that police crash in Tesla have where the guy was in the backseat with his dog? I think yeah. that was a uh, level uh, uh, prototype because <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> level two. Uh, an AI system is going to be called UI, uh, YUI, and it will learn the driver's preference and taste. UI. So basically, it's going to be recording every movement that you do. Uh, in addition to vehicles, the city will use robots, dubbed HSRs, that will execute simple commands like voice control. Hey, robot. I'm just hearing get a my lot. Pizza. I'm hearing yeah. a lot of just blah, lot of pizza blah, talk blah, here. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Rooftops with solar panels, native vegetation, hydroponics. Okay. I love that. Yeah. Because our HOA is, is such a busybody group. Sure. That, oh, you want to put things? No. If you put that on yourself, please. Oh, shut up. But uh, tire plan will be fully connected ecosystem powered by hydrogen fuel cells. And Toyota plans to oh, treat hydrogen. it like what could a go living wrong? laboratory. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, buildings, vehicles, people all be connected, be able to communicate uh, Wait. data. Wait. Everybody's connected. Everything is interconnected and all the data. They've got robots that are watching you. They've got... Oh, yeah, they got camera. Things are monitoring to understand what you prefer. Don't you understand that? It's it's about, it's all about you and making it better for you. Uh, you know, all I want is that uh, Dick Tracy watch. Screw that. I'm moving to a photo <laughs> mat in Montana. A basically is? Had it with this. <laughs> oh, it's open. Can uh, I get a hoodie and some sunglasses? They're going to test artificial intelligence technology, both in virtual and physical forms, maximize its potential. It's, it's just a playground. And there's even some more stuff with robots and this and that and AI systems and uh, monitoring your health I got even two, I got two words zero privacy I you know so, <laughs> that is one of my concerns so when the, so when the autonomous vehicles go by well they go 
I am hope they better. Well, it'll be that new Hyundai Uber thing that we yeah. talked about on the last show. <laughs> At least it's not a finely tuned Mustang fake. It's, it's interesting to me that they yeah. come up with the, uh, the they're using the hydrogen fuel cells because I feel like that's like the next alternative to just straight electric cars because it's one of those things that you can do. I don't know. Let's say a cannonball run it because you can just stop and fuel up. Well, if you look at the, like on Facebook, uh, I put up that. Uh, the car that somebody is they talked about it was in the new and well in side news uh, that supposedly runs on water uh, yeah. again yeah but there is something to be said for this uh, this electron exchange when it's basically it works like a battery only it's more efficient and it just kind of burns off the water itself in the exchange does it ever seem to you guys like we are seeing so much new stuff it's tough to take it all in it's a little hard and you know some of it's uh hypester hoaxster stuff because what they're looking for is uh venture capitalists and backers to come in throw money at them they're like oh well uh the cheese has moved sorry it didn't end up working we're off to our vacation in bahamas and you're screwed well i I think with uh, a lot of things that are coming out now all this new stuff People are more willing to almost back to be that first ones out there and say, ooh, we got this technology. Oh, well, honest to God, so I thought Google was stuff. BS when it was first starting to come up. And I'm like, oh, my God, people are paying 80 bucks a share for that. I wish to God I'd empty oh, my yeah. bank account. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't be doing this right now. <laughs> oh, I would You'd be. You'd have another but, $20. Uh, it would be for my super Barkalangelo oh, with my yeah. own autonomous robot. <laughs> yeah. Just getting your own pizza. The, the whole idea of the <laughs> the whole idea of the city and all of the technology and that, and uh, I love the the homes will have robots like Rosie from the Jetsons. Uh, just it it seems like there's so much and it's moving so fast. There has got to be a hiccup someplace. I got two more questions though on this whole Toyota City thing. What kind of money are they going to drop on this thing? Dude, sounds like a lot. Because it doesn't sound like they're going to get a lot of return from this. Yeah, Camrys are going to be more expensive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and when's it going to go up? They're looking at uh, to potential to expand. They plan to break ground in early 2021, so it's supposed okay. to start next year. This is the beginning. You know, this is like a long term investment. Uh, you're talking. I I would suspect a couple this of decades, because there is so many things to test now, and with the uh, the seeming onrush now maybe it's just again marketing really great marketing for autonomous driving vehicles uh, but it seems like it's coming at us hard I, and somebody's got to make it work right. I think Mark's got the right idea when he's asking what is, what's their ultimate goal they've got to have more of a long term game plan than let's build a city it's yeah. got to be something uh, yeah there's oh, something yeah. else to it I mean granted they're going to be able to test a lot of their new technology here and I think that's part of the point but still there's well, they got to be getting some kind of return. I, I think there's going to be so many spinoffs coming out of this, and then companies paying to try out their stuff within the city. That's you know not life threatening, mind you, right? But uh, uh, well, all, at first, anyways, I think they're going to make quite a bit of money, and they're gonna they're gonna uh, this be is, uh, all the trademarks and all the new product that's going to come. This out This is of the it. beginning to the uh, to the end of the world versus machine. Uh, okay, yes. versus but this may here. also be the start of Star Trek. So <laughs> yeah. just keep it in mind. They well, may go yeah. the Full Metal Roddenberry on us yeah, and surprise us all. You two, never know. Two comments here. One. George Orwell is spinning in his grave fast enough to hook him to a generator and power a small New England town. And, and it sounds like, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, I'm oh, right, yeah. I'm right, I'm right. <laughs> and two, this just makes me want to drink. <laughs> yeah, well, a robot will bring you your teeny. Oh, right. Lord. 
All righty. Well, there are a lot of great cars on the market out there. There's all kinds of cool stuff being sold. But surprisingly, there's a lot of cool stuff being sold that didn't get sold very much last year. And, uh, Corey, this story is just, it really blew my mind when I saw it. Road and Track came out with a list of great cars nobody bought in 2019. And uh, there were more than a few surprises on there. Yeah, and I, and I know you, you we've got a list here, and I know you've got a lot more of that could have been on this list. No, but, I, so, I trimmed out the stuff. Yeah. That, you know, the, the pretty Magoo stuff. Yeah, which, you know. <laughs> yeah, my level stuff. <laughs> that's okay. The well, cat, catfish. We don't need to worry about this. But these other ones, I mean, I look at this list and, and some of these really, really surprised me. So uh, this is a rodent track deal that came out with these great cars nobody bought in 2019. I guess that was the that was the article, correct? Yes, it was. Um, and, and, and you're right. There's definitely more than a few surprises on here. Um, we can we can go right into this, and the very first one is the uh, Alpha Romeo 4C, which is a little tiny car that's yep. uh, comparable in size to a Lotus, like an Elise. Yep, yep. Uh, it's not not much different size than that. Maybe a little bit wider kind of thing, but and you know, very great handling carbon fiber tub. I mean, there's technology well, uh, in this car and, to make and it and really a track sexy car. Italian styling oh, and all that stuff. And, and it sounds gorgeous too. It really does. But they only they only sold 144 of them. Yeah, that's not a whole lot, is it? <laughs> that's 12 a month. That's that's M- not very most much. car dealerships. If you're working out, them make you move 12 a month. Whether were they a buck fifty two or two uh, each? Or no, these uh, that's not an inexpensive car. It's but 144. Just to be, to is be not honest, a lot. I think the car runs about what 50 to 60 grand. I think is what it is. Is that's, that it? That yeah. sounds about right. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm. I'm. You know. I'm thinking it's got to be up in the above 100 club. I no. don't know. Yeah. I, I don't think it is. But it's also. It's also. But it almost gives that exoticness car. of a car that's over yeah. that. It's not one that I would. Uh, I wouldn't think this would be a normal daily for anybody. It's you can't take it to Jiffy Lube for all your. This is a weekend car. You can do a track. Well, maybe you can. Yeah. Show off. Maybe you can be part of some kind of exotic because it's it's dang near an exotic car almost, but yet yeah. not the exotic price. Nice, so, but one hundred forty four. Yeah, oh. and then of course we just we just continue with the uh, higher performance cars with the Acura NSX. Now those are those are really cool, very sexy. Yeah, and uh, I like them. One I would consider as an alternative to the new Corvette. Yeah. Oh wow. Almost. Kind yeah. Of, almost kind of. That's pretty high praise yeah. coming from you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a very neat car and neat technology. The luggage space in them not so much. No. And <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be honest. I have sat in one, and getting in and out of it was creaking my neck to get it below the. Well, if you weren't six level. foot eight, you wouldn't. You a long drink of water, boy. I, I get that. I get that. So that's that's on my part. But not everybody is my height. So therefore, I think there's a lot of people that can fit in that car. Very comfortably, and more comfortably than, let's say, a, like a Lamborghini or... Well, it doesn't look like too many people like chose to fit in that car. No, it doesn't really look like... Because, uh, I mean, I don't know, maybe because there's a lot of other options at that price. Um, and some people just were a little upset that, well, it doesn't look like the old NSX. Well, it's like, well, no, because it's a new one. The first generation NSX did have a really dedicated following. Now, I'm a big fan of it, too. Oh, yeah, me too. Uh, I'd still have one now. Right, and they uh, quit manufacturing those. I think the last year for production was around two thousand three, two thousand four, maybe. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I still think those are cool looking. Now they sold two hundred thirty one of them. Yeah, two hundred thirty eight. Oh my yeah. god! I, I do think that car is the same principle of today's standards as the old one was at those standards. But the weird the thing but, was but on anyway. that that was up from only one hundred seventy that they sold <laughs> in two thousand eighteen. <laughs> so they're, so they're actually up though. They just yeah, did it yeah. so much. but uh, still twenty five percent increase. I, I'm guessing when they designed that and started building it they expected a hell of a lot more than 238 of them to go I, out the I door well did. i'm looking at the 
2020 Acura NX, NSX, uh, not selling excellently, and the MSRP uh, is at 157000 Yeah. 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 And that's going to... There's not a whole lot of options on it, but there are a few. Well, I think for uh, 2020, that's going to make it a lot tougher because that puts it north substantially yep. of yeah. the hardest loaded Corvette you could lay your hands on. And I'm guessing the Corvette's got uh, superior performance. I know it does zero to 60. Yeah, with, with that It does for my eyeballs. Kind of stuff. Well, and, and then there's that, beautiful. too. There's that, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. The Nissan GTR, which is starting to get a little long in the tooth, they haven't made any it big is. changes in that car for you know since it came out 13 it's, years ago. It's not the groundbreaking car it was. Now that they got so much more competition, well, out they've there. made running changes in it, but it yeah. still looks essentially the same. Yeah, there's not a lot of difference. And and, and now that before it used to be what a seventy thousand dollar car, and now they got them all the way up to one hundred and fifty now. Well, I think when low additions. I think when they came out, they were mid eighties if you got them fairly nice, or maybe close to ninety. But still, that's an awful lot of car for that money. Uh, for that money, and uh, three hundred thirty-one copies. That's all they managed to get rid of. Wow. Well, so, so do you think they're going to update this car? Do you think they're going to change it? What do it's you think really do. Uh, this gets into a larger thing with Nissan and how they're performing in the U.S. market, which is really, really because there's another car they have that's not doing very well either. And they've got a, a lot of stuff that they need to address for Nissan in the U.S. They are faltering in the market right now, so not overly surprised with the GTR not moving. And oh. now we also have. Well, what's what's up? Oh, I was just okay. going to say, if my son gets his plumbing license, uh, that's one of his first buys. Oh, is that on? Okay. Uh, he wants one of those so bad his teeth ache. Well, it's, it's tough. At 113K, though, jeebus. Well, here's, <laughs> it, it, it's tough to haul tools and pipe you on just, top of a just GTR. Get a, just get a couple-year-old one, and uh, it'd yeah, be cut in half. At least the price would be cut in half. That's there where we most go. people are buying these things is they're used, and then the people that want to tune them are then spending the money and making nice. them faster than a new one. Uh, the Audi R8, which is, I hate to say it, one of my favorite Audis ever put you and out. I, you and I are in the same boat on that one. And I guess it's not doing near as well either at 574 sold. Well, uh, and the whole idea with the R8 when that came out was it's a supercar, but it's practical enough you can drive it every day. Comfortable enough you can drive it every day. Yeah, and uh, people look at that and then they look at uh, the Lamborghini Huracan which uh, runs uh, not dissimilar drive, well, real real close to the same drivetrain as the R8 V10. And also they look at a 488, and the price difference isn't that much. And they start looking at those two, and they're more exotic, and they're more flashy. And if you're going to buy an exotic car, don't you kind of want an exotic car? Well, that, that's the whole. It's supposed to be exotic. It's supposed to look exotic. Yeah. When you roll up, people go, "Oh, damn, the exotic." Yeah, and see, yeah. that's kind of why I, the R8 appealed to me. Is it is an exotic? It's got that performance, but you could drive it every day. It's not like showing up in a clown car with lights and sirens. <laughs> no, no, yeah, you, you know, that kind of stuff. Your buddy behind you with the Lamborghini, they pass the cameras pass you up as they take pictures of the Lamborghini yeah. behind you. And but it's still a very sleek looking car. It is a sleek looking car, but so it's, nice. it is comfortable enough that you can drive it as a daily and you could provided you live someplace where the weather wasn't completely crappy. Of course, we saw our buddy JR doing uh, donuts in the snow and his <laughs> yeah. buddy's uh, R8 last right. week on YouTube. That so. was great. Well, if uh, I'm going to spend a buck 70 to $208 thousand yeah. dollars on a vehicle yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go for the one that's gonna pull eyes 
Yeah, if, if I'm getting my, my German sports car, uh, that's uh, the R8 is my one car that I'd have to be like, I can't get that 911 quite yet. I do have to go check out the R8 first. Yeah. Just so I can say I've done it. Now, maybe I'd get the 911 anyways. But, but, but if you're that close, you can probably find a 911 a couple years old and still be in your dream car. And I think that's part of the problem with the R8 also. You know, they're, they're treading on very, very similar ground. The other thing is, hey, same parent company makes the Huracan makes the yeah. R8 yeah. and makes the 911. So uh, oh, wow. they don't, really don't care if they're poaching. They're going to get you one way or another. And, and I will say it is one of the fewest cars now of a naturally aspirated uh, car with over 600 horsepower. Yep. Is the v, the V10 version. Oh, wow. So between that and the Huracan, they're like the only two that have over 600 horsepower. Fun that's naturally to. aspirated. So, so I, I could drop a Holly on there? So that's the cool thing about uh, R8. I will say this. It probably sounds better than a 911. So that V10 will scream. This is, this, this is like the, the hillbilly that wins the lottery. <laughs> Hells yeah. <laughs> he, he's got that new super stretch limo sitting out in the side. Of his, uh, you double keep line. your Audi. I'm going to have a loudie. Yeah. You get a loudie. Uh, It'll be a Chrysler. Now... Lexus brought out the LC just a couple years ago, and that's another car I think is really slick and very sleek looking. If you didn't want something that was screaming, hey, pay me attention, but you wanted a very nice driving car, uh, the LC it would be one of my choices. And they only moved 1,219 of the things last year. Well, for something that's fairly recent. It's it is and it's it's got a nice. I actually like the powertrain. I think this is something that 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 Lexus and Toyota whatever could do a lot more with this because it's a you know it's a it's a well, five liter V eight. It, it's uh, it's not the LFA pushing more power than our American muscle cars yeah. off the line. But uh, you know when you think of that, you it's a very heavy car you, though. Well, no, when you look at it, you think. You know, it could have been the LFA. It could have been the next LFA. Yeah, it, it could have been. And the, the LFA is one of those uh, those uh, those cars that it should have just been that demonstration of what they could do, which is basically yeah. what it was. But I hate to say some of that technology and the stuff they had in that car, they didn't really it didn't really melt down to any of the other stuff. No. It could have. It could have been uh, a former, well. It, it could have been a Supra. It, it, you know, it, no it could have been. No it could have been this LC five hundred. It could have been a lot of stuff that they could have done. And they just kind of let that technology go waste white. I don't, I don't, I don't know what they were well, doing with that, but it it, it has stunning looks. What? It's got uh, yeah. great power from that V eight, and it's just not but solid. No, yeah, that, I, that Lexus is it is pretty. I, I kind of wonder what their sales goals were with that car. So maybe that's is you think they weren't expecting much, and that's pretty much on par with them. But I, I don't mean, know. For being a Lexus, I think it's a little under par. I, I'd be curious to see what their production goals, yeah. uh, what their numbers were. Uh, the Mercedes Benz SL class, which for years and years and years has been a perennial favorite with uh, people who wanted a convertible and uh, wanted it to be German. Uh, this thing it only sold sixteen hundred and ninety copies last wow. year. Now. In its defense, uh, they did come out with an S-Class convertible just a couple years ago, and that thing is sexy. Wow, probably it killed, is, that's probably what killed their S. It is super sexy. Yeah. But they also have the AMG GT convertible that is also quite sexy and very fast. Uh, they did away with the uh, the SL63 AMG earlier, uh, well, in 2019. And uh, I think it's, it's come and due for an update, isn't it? I yeah definitely I mean if they've updated the other ones by then this is this is the last one on the on probably the payload that needs to be update, updated or let go or something yeah well uh, I wonder if that car isn't aging out with the boomers very well could be I don't know Mark what do you think 
Hell, I was thinking about <laughs> Metamucil <laughs> and Matlock. <laughs> Matlock. It's time for tapioca. Anything that you can do a, a 180 on, in the middle show. of the road, like a Rockford file, as uh-huh. long as it's got that shifter right in the middle. Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> powered and then one that uh, may be a bit of a surprise until you start uh, thinking about uh, uh, the Porsche Puros. The 718 Boxster and Cayman. Now, uh, is this the number with them total sold between the two of them? That's my understanding. 3880. 3880 sold. Oh, fewer than, the fewer than 4000 for the year. And that's, that really seems way low. Um, you know, the Road and Track said this is consistently the most fun new car you can buy. Yeah. And because uh, the engine is in front of the rear axle rather than behind it like the 911, they've right. got very neutral, stable handling. Oh, yeah. That, uh, that Cayman's been known to be the... the, the just uh, one of the best handling cars around. The pinnacle period. of handling, yeah. I mean, that's what everybody in the other manufacturer of the or, or other manufacturers of the world drive that car, and then they go, crap. We got to we got to we got to make it do that. How do we do this. Well, yeah. yeah. Road and Track said with the exception of the Taycan that just came out in December. Yeah. The Boxster and the Cayman were the lowest selling uh Porsches mm. uh period and oh. here's the one thing though. If you will recall in 2016 or probably for the 2017 model year, they switched those things from the flat 6 over to the turbo to the flat turbo 4. Floor, right. And there is a tremendous difference in the way they sound. And I don't Big know time. how much of that comes through in the Cayman, but you know in the Boxster with the top down, you lose that. And I think it shows up in the Cayman quite I, well, too, actually. I've driven a, a couple of uh, Boxsters with the top down, and they are a blast. They are an absolute blast to drive. They're a ton of fun, but I would be kind of sad if you lost the sound of that flat six howl. I, I And I would be honest. It was kind of like the Cayman to me was that alternative to, okay, I, I can't get the 911. Maybe I can get a Cayman and technically probably have a better handling car. Oh, Maybe you, not, as, definitely, not as definitely fast, have a better, off, uh, you know, uh, toe-to-toe, but it would be probably equally satisfying to drive because yeah. of how well it handled. And when they switch to that to the four cylinder, I go, well, technically, guys, you get better performance. It's easier to tune, but they don't sound as good. But yeah, I mean, I'm almost in that same boat where I'm going, but I, I can't hear in the car is kind of part of it too. Well, uh, it doesn't have to be the fastest that's on, on that's the block the, to me. That's one of the things about sports cars that we, you know, we all do love. You get that that oral sensation, that that sound, and that's even with even with the big old boats. Even oh, yeah. with the, yep. the land yachts. Oh, baby, standing behind with the twin pipes and it's just that blah, 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 rumble. Yeah. Even with the hot rods, you know, one of the cool things about driving the Impala is you hear that 409. Oh. <laughs> and, and especially uh, with the old Corvette. You put the top down, and you can just kind of lay your head back and listen to that thing burble, and it sounds amazing. There's a lot to be said for the way the car sounds. If there weren't, we wouldn't have so many aftermarket exhaust suppliers. So when they switched that on the uh, on the Boxster and they came in, I think they may have lost something more than what they thought they were they, they may were have. It's a little they, bit they of the magic have. of the experience. Because no. they've got the new fours, I think, are north of 360 horsepower. I think they're like 366 or 368, wow. something they around can, there. They can get, I mean, they they probably start on the base levels of them, probably around 300. But yeah. I mean, it's a two liter. I think that's what's in them, yeah. I believe. Well, and, and they, what are they, two and a half liter on the S models? Very, yeah, I think it's they're, It's two yeah. four or two five. Right. And 
that's a that's tremendous power and they don't weigh a heck of a lot so you know the handling is there and the the power to weight is there but there is something to be said for losing those other two cylinders well until people really start getting a hold of them and and playing with the tuning part about it i think that's if you get companies that get out there to do that it's going to attract more people to want it well because they're gonna be like your cayman does what how much 500 horsepower out of a cayman and you you know that's coming that's absolutely and all they had to do is a is a downpipe and a tune what (laughs) wow i'm up there with a 911 now and that might be one of those easy ways to get in and throw slap a bigger turbo on it you're not having to do a full system true because they didn't make a cayman or boxer that came with turbos before you just have your six your flat six and and uh and the road yep true absolutely true so there's some advantages to it there were a bunch of other cars on this list but i tried to keep it to the kind of enthusiast stuff uh they mentioned that the uh the toyota land cruiser only sold 3800 and change which was really surprising to me because those things just last forever they've got a following looks like they're not gonna use those funds to power the city oh yeah it's it's (laughs) still it's still a big boxy suv yeah it is and i i dig those hey uh our special guest this week is doug tabbitt and he's going to be here uh talking about this insane cannonball oh, run record God. that he and uh, Arnie Toman and uh, and uh, Berkeley Chadwick set here back in November. They've and got Don a DeLuise. lot of press about this. Adrian Barbeau. Yeah, well. <laughs> 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 well. We've got all that and a whole lot more coming up on Driven Radio. Hey, welcome back to Driven Radio. He's a guy who's been with us before, but uh, now he's a guy who's done something that all of us wish we could do, uh, just not real sure we could pull it off. Uh, it's Doug Tabbitt. He's the founder of Switch Cars, a Twinsburg, Ohio-based sports car dealership. He's also a specialty Porsche bro- brokerage. Um, Doug's a lifelong car guy. He studied automotive engineering. He sold cars at a Land Rover dealership. He raced cars. Uh, he's <laughs> famous for being the Mexican Stig in uh, Lemons Racing. Uh, but <laughs> With nice. a great hat. Yes. But now, Doug, with a couple of buddies, has set a new Cannonball Coast to Coast time speed record of... Uh, this is unreal. But to, what was the previous record? Okay, the previous record, it was with our buddy Ed Bolian. Yeah. Uh, Ed's had that record, I think, for seven or eight years. He did it in 28 hours and 50 minutes. Drove how far? A little over 2,800 miles. Red Ball, Ball Garage in 2,800 and change. To the hours. Portofino Inn in uh, Redondo Beach. Average and, speed around 100. Yeah, yeah you're, that, that's you're, moving. You're running a buck. Well, almost yeah, not average. Really a lot of time for stops. Yeah. Doug, yeah. Doug not a lot of peeing in a McDonald's. No, no. Doug and his buddy Arnie Tobin uh, didn't think that was good enough, <laughs> so <laughs> they went out and did it in twenty-seven hours and twenty-five God minutes. Almighty! Wow. Took almost an hour and a half. <laughs> Off that speed, twenty eight hundred and twenty five miles. Uh, that's, that's a bit more than there. With a with an average speed of a hundred three, a moving average of a hundred four, and uh, I saw that picture of your GPS, Doug. It looked like you guys touched a buck ninety three at one point. Uh, yeah, maybe at a few points. <laughs> wow. right at the point that i would have needed to use the time. bathroom yeah. <laughs> i would have been in the back seat with a blindfold maybe, maybe that's why the 193 because they had to go to the yeah. bathroom oh my god hey. uh doug welcome back to driven radio uh you madman <laughs> congratulations on that run that's un- mad scientist real. man 
You know, at right. one point, I thought that maybe this was something I would like to try. But since they did this back in November, <laughs> I've looked at that time over and over again. And I'm thinking, there's just no way. There's just no way. No, that, that's that is a bar. staggering number. Uh, before you guys set out on this trip, did you have a time in mind? And was it anywhere near what you wound up setting? Um, I think in theory we did. I kept telling Arnie <laughs> that, hey, if we did it in 27 hours and we left at midnight, we could finish on the same day given the time zone change. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's kind of a, a, a far-fetched goal of like, well, yeah, but that's not actually going to happen. And we'll probably get arrested trying to do 27 hours. Let's just beat the record. So the 27-hour thing was was kind of just this, this high and lofty goal that we didn't really think was possible. But we just decided to go for as fast as possible. Because on the flip side, we knew there were some other guys some, some incredible guys chasing the record and we didn't want to beat it by five minutes because if we did it wouldn't stand for very long no right. but you we wanted to smoke it and that's what you we did got. oh yeah. you absolutely <laughs> accomplished on it Jeebus. took almost an hour and a half that's what i keep trying to get my head around an hour and a half faster i hadn't even considered if you did it in 27 hours you would finish on the same day given the time zones that's hilarious. Yeah, that's, that's pretty staggering. funny. Staggering. <laughs> <laughs> new, new goal in so mind. We were going to leave the previous weekend, which was daylight savings time, which would have given us an extra hour. And we were all excited about it because we said, well, now we can do it in 28 hours. Un- unbelievable. That's so hawks. <laughs> I mean, that's, you're, you're trying to bend time in space. Oh, that's wow, fantastic. Man. That's. I hadn't even thought of it that way. That's uh, David that's Hawkins. unnerving, man. Yeah. Stephen Hawking. Stephen, that's Stephen a guy. Stephen Hawking. <laughs> David's his brother. Amazing, David's his brother. It's amazing the things that you haven't even thought of that all of a sudden you think of when you're doing something like this. <laughs> and the pre-planning drinking. You know what? <laughs> I, I'm one more beer from figuring this yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. So did you guys start uh, do the traditional start at the Red Ball and run to the Portofino, or did you have different uh, start yeah. and stop points? Nope, we wanted to honor the traditional route, and we figured it was really only acceptable if we did the traditional start and stop point. I can't even imagine what fighting your way out of New York City is, irrespective of time of day. It's awful. It's (laughs) awful, especially right at the start, because it's like you're you're defeated as soon as you start. Thinking (laughs) there's no freaking way I can make up 5, 10, 15 minutes of being almost stopped. But at 193 miles an hour, you can sure try. You figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've, a lot of real estate to make up that time. I've gone yeah. really fast in a lot of different cars and on a couple of different motorcycles. In fact, I've gone faster on bikes than I have in cars, but I've never come close to a buck 93. Uh, so this isn't really uh, just throw your stuff in the car and go like hell kind of drive. How far in advance did you start planning for this? There's two answers to that. Unless, the first answer is about three months. But lest I give anybody the impression that it was that easy, independently, Arnie and I had been working on it for years. And Arnie had actually built the car the previous year 
and we did the Southern Trail, which is Jacksonville to San Diego, kind of as a, a, a test run with the car. And he's done a number of rallies. And together we've done, uh, I think, a total of 10 uh, transcontinental runs of wow. some sort. So all the research, all the practice is done. So we just had to take our experience and our compiled data and put it together and say, okay, when are we going? So was there anything uh, you considered doing in your preparation that you wound up not doing? Something you thought, hey, this would be a good idea, and then when you started looking at it closer, you thought, maybe not. (laughs) We need a little bit more trunk space. (laughs) Catheterizing. Yeah, which is not a good idea. (laughs) You don't know that they didn't do that. Cannonball, especially with a guy like Arnie, is almost anything you can dream of, we just do. Um we did not do a radar jammer as much as we would have liked to, partly because of the limitations of technology and partly because even possessing one or using it is a felony. So, oh, oh um, yeah, there is that. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cops are thoroughly unimpressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A one might say more, slightly annoyed. Well, the cops wouldn't even know. The FCC might come after you. Um, That's because you jacked it from an F-15. There's no FOP cards for the FCC. (laughs) Uh, That's a very legitimate point. So the car you you chose to run was a 2015 Mercedes E63 AMG, which is a a truly honest to God fast car right out of the wrapper. And after some mods, uh, you had that one putting down 700 horse at the rear wheels, which is a ton. Uh, the impressive part was how you camouflage the car to look like just a very schmo average silver sedan. Who came up with that idea? And what all did you do to try to camouflage the car? (laughs) Sure. Well, (laughs) I think Ed, gave the inspiration because he bought a Mercedes that was kind of this color that you weren't really sure which color it was. <laughs> um, but Arnie That's a good definitely idea. And, and his team came up with the idea to camouflage the car. I mean, standard fare is debadging and stuff like that. Sure. Um, and we had talked about other cars and taking, a, you know, like a Hellcat or something like that and making it look nondescript. So that was always in the conversation but Arnie went the extra mile to do the vinyl over the taillights to make it look like a different car and, you know, changing the wheels to silver and wrapping all the carbon fiber and, you know, everything like that. So he, he really took camouflage and disguise to a whole new level. You know, the stuff you guys did with the taillights covering it with a silver vinyl, the thing did look more than a little like a Honda Accord. It really did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I kept arguing with Arnie, though, because I, I, I still maintain that the rear looks like a Subaru Legacy. But There you go. <laughs> yeah, but it's, okay. it, it, it's damn tough to get a Subaru Legacy to get close to 200 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> not unless it's airborne. Not, not, not yeah. without a solid fuel rocket booster, yeah. <laughs> and that, that gets you a Darwin Award. We're speaking to Doug Tabbitt, a Cannonball Run record holder and owner of Switch Cars. Uh, you and Arnie did so much to that car from the engine mods and the camouflage and the countermeasures and the brake and taillight kill switches and uh, CB scanners, 10-4. the fuel cell. Uh, I love the gimbal-mounted thermal scope that you had on the roof. At any point did the during the prep, did you look at each other and go, 
This is ludicrous. What are we doing? Yeah, every day. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Two Wiley Coyotes and all the Acme credit. (laughs) Cannonballing, by definition, is inane, ludicrous, whatever word you want to give it. But, uh, yeah, so trying to do this would... There's no point, really. But uh, there's something we had to do. At any point, did spouses speak up and say, I don't think so, mister? (laughs) Yeah, every day. (laughs) (laughs) I was dating and engaged to my wife during my first two cannonballs and, you know, then got married. and, and, And during, I think, the premarital counseling, you know, we agreed on everything else. And, and cannonballing was the one thing that we actually had, uh, almost say we fought about, but we had uh, heightened discussions about it. Um, <laughs> so it wasn't nice. like she heightened didn't know what was coming. Well, we congratulate her, by the way. Yay. Yes, yeah. Very, Love very you. good wife. You're that's, all right. That's a keeper. <laughs> Aside from the mods you did to the car and all the electronic countermeasures and the camouflage and everything else, you had a lot of other assistance with this. Uh, can you tell us about all the other help you had? So Arnie had an incredible team of people around him building the car, putting in their time. I think a lot of it donated just because they were invested in, in seeing him succeed. Um, and, you know, just a lot of the, uh, the fraternity of lunatics, as we call it, you know, off the fellow cannonballers <laughs> who helped with route planning and scouting and things like that. Um, and then just a lot of our friends, Arnie and I, through our business connections, are privileged to know people in all areas of the country. So, you know, we'd reach out to somebody and go, hey, we're doing this. Can you scout? And they're like, heck, yeah, we'll get six other guys to do it, too. We'll head up the whole thing. (laughs) So people loved helping out. They're super interested in it. And, I mean, we probably had, I don't know, 40 different people between the car and scouting and and research and, and all that helping us to pull this off so i'm wow. guessing there wasn't anyone you approached who said no that's not a good idea i'm not helping do that uh no not really a couple people just kind of like expressed indifference um <laughs> one state trooper who was a friend of a client you know when we asked him about you know potential donations to their state in order to get some stickers or something like that um, said, no, I don't want any part of that. But, you know, <laughs> how odd. How, how yeah. fun, you know. <laughs> Can't imagine why. My shift type of thing. So as you're driving cross country <laughs> and you're getting closer to the end, was there a point at which you realized just how fast your time was going to be? Uh, I don't think so. Um, I was driving the last shift, and my goal was just to get there as quickly as possible because the shift before, there was literally a point that we weren't sure if we would break the record at all. Oh, oh, what happened? Was Well, we had just got, the the Midwest is so slow, and you give so much time back, and all of our snafus kind of happen in the Midwest. So we were down to a point where our average speed was still in the triple digits, but we didn't have anything to give, essentially. And usually when you come into L.A., you'll give a couple miles an hour back to your average. So we're thinking, if anything else goes wrong, we're not going to do this. So we weren't really calculating, you know, rally style, what our expected time was going to be. We were just driving. 
And that's all I did the last shift was just drive. And I think, you know, Arnie was pushing, pushing because he was looking at it going, man, I really want to break 27 hours. And that wasn't even in my mind. I just wanted to finish because I've had so many other cannonballs kind of just ripped out from underneath me because of a car failure or something else that all I'm thinking of is that cannonball curse of like, it's not over till it's over. Um, yeah, I've seen you a know, what is, the song. You never count your money when you're sitting at the table. Sure. Um, until I pulled in at maybe like two miles before the red ball, we're on surface streets and I was like, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Two miles before the end, I started to feel it, and I'm like, this is awesome. But I, don't, I, I still don't think I looked at the clock. I looked at the clock when we stopped. So, And that's when you allowed yourself to be excited. Dang. Yeah. So what's, yeah. The, what's that feeling? What's that emotion? When you, when you get there and you look at the clock and you think, oh, we crushed this, what's, uh, what was it like? Yeah. yeah. It's really weird because you have this, incredible sense of accomplishment but your body is so fatigued you can't like express it or feel it even it's it's a very weird anticlimactic kind of numbness uh, because you're going wow we just did this but this is the middle of the night and i just want to go to sleep and nobody else is around and nobody cares and tomorrow's going to be awful it's like when my grandpa got his Viagra mixed up with his juju beads. Yeah. <laughs> it was a tough night. <laughs> it was great, but it was awful. So were there people waiting for you at the Portofino when you got there? You know, we had uh, a few different people who were potentially going to lead us into L.A. Because um, Arnie and I both know a ton of people out there. And one guy like was just getting back from travels and didn't really grasp the weight of what we were doing um, because afterwards he expressed immense regret at not being able to meet us there because he lived like five minutes away. Um, And another couple of guys who were supposed to actually lead us in ended up going out to the club and getting drunk and all that. So it was like (laughs) one of those things where it's like we had all these people helping us along the way and then we get to LA and finish and we're just there. And nobody's there. So it's the three of you in a parking lot, and what do you just get out and go, uh... Yay! (laughs) Like a bottle of champagne in the trunk? Oh, my God! We did it. Uh, Who needs to use the John? Yeah. Yeah. Anybody hungry? Go to Denny's? Anything? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, let me let me go check into Portofino. They, they give us a room, you know. Oh, I gotta call my wife. Right? Yeah. Yeah. She's oh. worried. So. Suddenly, there's the world back again. Bam! Honey, wow. we, we made it. We're not dead. Unreal, man. I'm going uh, to bed now. Okay, so here's here's the wrap up stuff. Uh, the record's, record's been broken a bunch of times in the last 20 years, and each new record seems to take another leap forward. And uh, yours certainly qualifies as one of those. Do you think uh, this time can be beaten? Do you think it'll stand for a while? I know it can be beaten. I hope it stands for a while. I think as the years go on, it gets both easier and harder because vehicle technology and the roads are getting so much better. Um, You know, in the 90s, I mean, 800 horsepower reliably was out of the question. Yeah. Um, So you just couldn't sustain those speeds. But the technology delta in terms of the the advantage went to the speeder. 
And I think that advantage is changing. And I think it's more with the police now. And I think that's going to continue as we get more of a uh, enforcement state. You know, they're going to figure out how to use cameras and easy pass and different technology in order to enforce speed automatically and monitor those things and even potentially retroactively prosecute. So we wanted to do it while we could still do it because yeah, I think that sure. window is closed. Did you have anybody try to retroactively prosecute? Did you have any threat of that? No, not yet. That's awesome. That's yeah, fantastic. Win-win. <laughs> so uh, what advice, just just to, to put a bow on it, what advice, if any, would you offer to somebody who's seriously considering doing this? Uh, number one, don't. <laughs> I didn't feel like that was coming. Number two. Disclaimer. <laughs> if, if you do, go slower than we did. <laughs> but honestly, the, I mean, the biggest thing is is to be safe. And I know that sounds silly, but the cannonball history has essentially a perfect safety record. Um, when Brock Yates first did the cannonball races, he was had a very stringent uh, set of uh, rules and uh, criteria for who could enter. And you pretty much had to have a racing license or racing experience or some other, you know, stamp on your, your driving ability that said, I, I am above average. Um, and he did that for a reason. And that culture still remains today with the underground cannonballers is not just a bunch of yahoos going out there and street racing. Um, and it, it's anytime a record is attempted, there's a very serious responsibility, not only to be safe for the sake of everybody else on the road, but to not essentially ruin the sport for everybody to put a black mark on all of cannonball history. True. Um, Cause it only takes one to do that. So one bad you know, ass to spoil the whole bunch to yeah, try to, to do this has to recognize that it's, it's not just about them. It's about carrying the torch. Hey, fellas, uh, since we're all sitting here, you know, I got a Mercedes with a V12 in it that uh, just isn't doing anything right now. Mm. <laughs> wonder if it can do 27 hours straight. The climate control probably won't work. I don't but. know, man. Like I said, I've looked at that time over and over again at 27 uh, hours. just seems All you need is a slight extra 42-gallon gas tank. Above uh, your 28-gallon gas tank. I, I think it may take a little bit more than that. <laughs> hey, sinking missile on the top or whatever that was. <laughs> Doug, this is remarkable. Amazing. I couldn't believe it when I saw the time come out. And uh, I was, I, it was kind of cool. I was like, hey, uh, I know that guy. That's... <laughs> That makes it even neater. So congratulations. Well done. You, Arnie, Berkeley, all three of you guys. This was outstanding. Great work. And uh, I hope it stands for a long time. I just can't see how anybody would do any better. Sure. Well, uh, they always say records are meant to be broken, but everybody always hopes that, you know, theirs is the last. So I, I share that hope. And, and you know, the, the years to come will we'll determine that. I, Doug, I can't thank you enough for being with us tonight. Thank you so very much. We've been speaking to Doug Tabbitt about his staggering new Cannonball Run Coast to Coast Times uh, record. Uh, you can find all the media links for Doug and for his dealership switch cars on readthedriven.com. Thanks so much for spending your time with Driven Radio. We love what we do. We would not be able to do this without the support of our audience. And that audience is growing. We're seeing that in our, uh, in our numbers. You can find us online at readthedriven.com. 
Realm. Follow us at, on Facebook at forward slash Driven Radio Show, on Twitter at Driven Radio Show, and uh, everywhere you hear podcasts. I'm Brett Hatfield for Corey Pratt and Mark L. Groves. Thank you for listening, and we will be with you next time on Driven Radio. Driven Radio.